Welcome to the St. John Newman Podcast. I'm Greg Montana, and I'm joined, as always, by Father Tony O'Neill, our pastor. How are you doing? Today? I'm good, Greg. Thanks. So, so for this, we're, we're figuring out what it's going to be like and what it'll look like, but I figured like a good topic to start with would just be to hear a little bit of how you came to know the Lord. Like That's a kind of basis for, yeah. as Christians, understanding each other and how we've got to the point. And I think for a lot of people, a lot of young people especially, you have to have that transition from it's the faith of your parents right. or someone in, who's brought you up to your own faith. And mm-hmm. everyone, every Christian person has to go through that. And um, some don't, unfortunately. But right. it, it's a. I feel like it's a common ground for any Christians who have gone through that to just hear and understand like where, yeah, where yeah. someone's come from. So I don't know, would you sure. be willing to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think I always had a really strong faith since... Uh, childhood. I mean, I was brought up in a really devout Catholic family. My parents were, I mean, they were in everything. I used to say they were in everything but the crash at Christmas. Um, so they were really involved. And, uh, you know, even as a young child, I had a, a, a sense of, you know, God's presence in my life. I would pray, you know, pray in my bed at night. Um, but then I, then I became a teenager. <laughs> And uh, actually, my my high school was a was a high school seminary, so I really had this sense of God's call in my life from from a very early age. And then two of my brothers, uh, Frank and Sean, started going to these charismatic uh, prayer groups, and um, I didn't know anything about that. And then my brother Sean was home one time, and he was telling us about this, uh, and it was kind of intriguing. Um, so I remember going to my first prayer meeting in 1978, um, and I think there were 800 people at this prayer meeting. And uh, so they had guitars and stuff, which we weren't used to in any kind of religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they sang these cool songs. And I remember at the end of the first song, everyone in the place started praising God spontaneously all at the same time. And I remember this guy next to me big Irish guy and he's he started praying in tongues like at the top of his voice and um, I remember I had two kind of reactions one was this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life I mean I was 14 at the time uh-huh. so how old are your brothers uh, so my brother Sean's six five or six years older than me and uh, Frank's four years older than me so they were like post High school age yeah. at this point already, like they were young yeah. adults and yeah, 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 they were actually both in the seminary at the time as well. Okay. So um, anyway, but the the other uh, kind of response I had was I need to get out of here as fast as possible because <laughs> it was kind of freaking me out. <laughs> anyway, it sort of opened up this whole um, kind of vista of an actual relationship with God, hmm. you know, like a personal relationship. In the, in the Catholic world that I grew up in, it was it was more about doing your duty, right? You had mm. to, there were certain things you had to do to be a, a good Catholic. And it wasn't really, people didn't really talk about the relationship with God. So this was the first time I had encountered that and intrigued me. And then I had an experience myself with the Holy Spirit at, uh, I don't know, but I'd been... 16 or 17 mm-hmm. um, 
And it wasn't dramatic, but it sort of kind of lit a fire. Yeah. Do you, so I'm curious, because I think I, I think I had a similar experience growing up where as a kid, I believed in God. And I remember hearing my mom tell me, like later as a teenager, she would remind me that when I was a little boy, I would tell her about this dream I had with of Jesus. And like, I would tell her how much I loved him. But then as an adolescent, I really kind of got away from that. And, mm-hmm. I, and that sounds, I mean, maybe not fully and like you just totally went to a life of debauchery no. or something. But I don't know. What Do you think there's something about that transitional stage in life that makes For sure. It... I mean, there were certainly some significant contradictions in my life. Uh-huh. Um, so I was still believing in God and I would say I kind of had a relationship with him. But I mean, I was doing other stuff in my life that wasn't particularly virtuous, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it was a mixed kind of, um, experience of it for sure. Um, I mean, teenage years are years of trying to figure out who you are and, you know, your hormones are going all over the place. Yeah. And, um, so, so there were, I mean, as much as I love the Lord, there were certainly some contradictions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. I wonder if you could talk us through like the encounter with the Holy Spirit too like what what was that like because I think for some people for many people they desire some kind of encounter with God mm-hmm. but don't even know what that might be like yeah. I, I, there's a there's a famous I don't know if he's famous but there's a pretty well-known atheist um, like personality I guess Alex O'Connor is this uh, relatively young guy who went to some fancy school in England I don't know but um he says pretty regularly that I think he's kind of open. He's kind of searching, um, but he says regularly he doesn't think it's going to be the like intellectual arguments that really pull him to belief in God. It's going to require some kind of encounter, and he and he he actually does make like conditional prayers, like God, if you are there, show yourself to me, help me to know you, and um, I think a lot of people desire that, whether they believe in God or not, but they don't even know what exactly they're yeah. looking for or what, what that might be like if it did happen? I mean, I think there's uh, there's numerous ways to encounter, you know, God. I, I mean, I've heard many, many different types of stories, um, but they, they all have a very similar kind of uh, aspect to it, which is this there's somehow this kind of realization that it's all true. Mm. And so it has both uh, I mean sometimes there's a there's an emotional reaction that goes along with it some people probably atheists would say well it's just all emotional right. but there's something of a and it's a, a little hard to put your finger on but it's like an inner certainty of the faith and, and of the existence of God and and his eminence that not only does he exist he's very close to me hmm. and so for me in, my, in the context um I was getting prayed over in a charismatic kind of style. And my brother and, and another friend uh, prayed over me. And, um, you know, I, I began to pray in tongues, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, and and over, again, it wasn't dramatic, but over the next while, I just had this constant kind of experience of God being just there, you know. Mm like going for the bus, you know, and sensing his presence. It was just a, it was a beautiful kind of, I don't know, it was a honeymoon period, but um, it was 
the things just were alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that describes exactly my own experience. I, for me, it was at a confirmation retreat that I went on in high school. And it was, I, I kind of have like, I've told this story to other people and I, I've kind of like refined how I tell it. And I feel one of the important things is the effect that that experience had on me going forward. It wasn't like, if it was just an emotional experience, I think it would have just happened and then fizzled out mm-hmm. that same week or something, you know, right. but I did have that, those three things that, or what I say the three things are for me were this clarity that God is real and that he's personal would be number two, that he actually loves me and cares mm-hmm. about me as an individual, not just some distant creator. And then the third thing was this recognition that I needed to change how I was living my life. If, if those first two things were true, then right. th- I can't just keep going on like I am. Right. And, I, and actually, I think if you hear people's conversion story, like, you know, encounters with the Lord, that's pretty, that's pretty common thing to hear I, I think I've even read um, that those those kinds of things are what Ralph Martin like will say that's like what baptism in the Holy Spirit is that's that's the effect of it in our lives where we have this clarity about like God really existing being personal and then being you know filled with the Holy Spirit to really live a, yeah. a holy life I mean uh, on some level there's a there's a there's a, a naturalness if that's a word to, to all of that so you know, when a husband and wife meet um, for the first time, they start dating. The, the the more you get to know that person, it changes you, right? You change in such a way, you know, uh, as to to be complimentary or they have an impact on you, right? Mm-hmm. So you take that to the level of the divine, of course it's going to have right. an impact. And right. you, you realize... Oh my gosh! If this relationship is going to work, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> so for a guy, it's like, oh, I can't really date anyone else anymore, right? <laughs> um, and so there's a there's a, but also I think there's uh, with the Lord, you realize there's a demand there that if I'm going to really be a disciple, that that comes with certain demands. Hmm. Um, I don't think you realize all that right away, but. Um, you realize you got to clean things up a little bit, you know. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And thank, thanks be to God, He's really uh, patient. So I had this newfound zeal for the, the kingdom and the gospel, mm-hmm. and I must have been a real pain in the neck, you know. <laughs> I thought I, I, I thought I needed to, you know, convert my parents, and and I uh, I went to this uh, conference where during that time, so this would mean early 80s um, and good friend of my father Jeff Heward actually gave his talk and it was all about how you know the evils of rock music and how you know secular it was and the immoral nature of the lyrics and stuff uh-huh. and, and we were total friends and that we were really taken by this and like we were really radical and so my friends went home and like threw out all their records as uh-huh. it was then uh-huh. But I didn't have any records, so I went home and threw out my sister Eileen's <laughs> records. <laughs> she was so mad. Um, I think it took me becoming a priest for her finally to forgive me. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean Jethro Tull is gone? <laughs> so, um, conversion's a process, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So, okay, I have a, I have a question, and this might be putting it in the spot a little bit, but, well, let me, let me give some context, too. From what you said, too, like, in some ways, I mean, it, it's, like, all gift, right? Like, this experience, like, this encounter, he meets, God comes to meet us, and many of us are searching, too, but it's always, he's the initiator in this, right? And for my story, and I think for yours, too, you were you had this gift of your brother inviting you to this, you know, into this place where you could have this encounter. Um, that's kind of how it was for me, where my mom invited me to get into the confirmation preparation process where I ended up on this retreat. But um, it just, it, to me, it kind of shows like God is just pursuing us. You know, he, he, he wants us to know him even more than we want to know him mm-hmm. ourselves, right? But what would you say to someone who feels like they're seeking but not finding? Or, what, you know, what's a way that they can, you know, dispose themselves to encounter the Lord or um, o- open themselves up to his presence in their lives? Yeah, I mean, there's not, again, there's not really one particular way. I think, you know, in order to, you know, the scripture talks, or John the Baptist talks about making a way for the Lord, prepare a way for the Lord, and um, preparing a way for God in my own life means kind of removing the obstacles that are there mm. so that he can get in, you know, and so that might be, um, I mean, it might require someone to go to a good confession or, um I don't know, be prayed over or something, but I don't think it's... Uh, in my case, if someone's open and they're disposed to receive God, he's going to rush in there. Hmm. Um, and the, how that that's experience is different uh, for every person. There's probably some similarities. But simply just putting yourself in a, in a, in a place of receptivity, a place of openness, God loves that. Uh, and it, it, You know, it... It doesn't mean they always like have the, the, you know, the, the effective nature of right. it or, right. or, or feelings. Um, like when I was prayed over and had that experience, I didn't feel a lot. I mean, I felt over time some excitement and stuff, but it was just an inner certainty, an inner yeah. experience. Um, so, yeah, I do, I do think there's a distinction there between some kind of emotional experience and kind of a clarity yeah an inner clarity with the reality of who god is and i I was talking to a young man once um in my old work at net that he was kind of like lamenting to me that he just had never had any kind of encounter with the lord and he'd hear people share their stories and was just always kind of envious that he hadn't had that but hearing him talk, it was kind of. I, I was like, I feel like you're missing. You're not. You're not seeing the forest for the trees because he would say like, "Well, I, you know, I really have this dedication to living for the Lord, and I, you know, I go to mass as often as I can and receive him in the Eucharist." And part, I'm just sitting there listening to thinking like, "You're encountering him all the time." Yeah, that's you know, right. that's right. Um, and it's not always. It doesn't always feel like anything, or it doesn't feel like he's particularly close but the, the reality is that we know by faith that yeah. he is yeah I, when we were growing up and we, we kind of grew up with all this stuff and it, there was times where you're like man i just i mean i was never in a gang or a drug dealer i mean my witness is kind of 
lame. You know? <laughs> yeah. As if somehow doing all those things would give you a better witness, you know. <laughs> uh, and I think, I mean, uh, if we believe that God's always present to us and always working, uh, that we are encountering him, sometimes we just don't know it. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have the spiritual eyes to see it. Um, doesn't need to be dramatic. Right. Like, I mean, I experience God every day in some way or another. And sometimes it's just a brief conversation that I have with him, thanking him for something or asking for his help or wisdom for something. But I feel now that I'm kind of almost always in a, a, a conversation with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, not always, always, but, you know. Uh, but each day yeah. Sure. yeah should we just kind of wrap up this one then yeah maybe we could just pray say a prayer for mm-hmm. the brighter community here and... yeah, yeah yeah father the son the holy spirit amen, amen. Lord, uh, thank you for your grace and mercy thank you for the community that we have here at saint john newman i pray for all of my brothers and sisters that they would truly encounter you and your um your steadfast love and that would transform their lives. We ask this request our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if any listeners, any of you out there <laughs> uh, have any questions or anything you'd like to hear us talk about, hear from Father Tony, let us know. There's uh, whatever platform you're listening to this, there's, there'll be some way to, uh, to reach out to us. And uh, hope you enjoyed that discussion. Ha, ha, ha.